Hello friends, it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. We are happy that you have joined us today. As I said before, we are glad and happy. Amen. And we pray that you will receive uh, what God wants you to receive as we go to His Word. And every time I open the Bible, I know I get excited about the potential from the Word of God finding a good good ground heart, this seed, as the scripture calls it, as Jesus used the parable of the sower and the seed. He called the word of God seed. He said some of it fell on different kinds of ground, but every time it found a good ground heart to fall in, it brought forth fruit 30, 60, and a hundredfold. We need to study the scripture. I, as a minister and, and an evangelist and pastor, are told, as Paul told Timothy, uh, to study, to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. I've been studying the scripture, not just for sermons to preach or teach uh, or subjects to teach, but I've been studying for my personal growth and development in God. It is said that in, in Africa, that uh, uh, there was a tribe that had come to know Jesus. The whole tribe had come to know Christ as their Savior. And then they were hungry uh, to get into God's Word. And they finally got Bibles in their own language. And, and they had a good missionary that would visit them and teach the Word of God. And they would sit down and open those Bibles. And they, they, they studied first the New Testament, of course. And then they begin to go back and bring in the Old Covenant as well. And uh, so they were asked by a, uh, uh, actually a missions director had went to visit and said, saw a man with a Bible and he says, what do you get when you, out of this, when you read, what is it that stands out when you open your Bible and begin to read? He said, my Bible is a Jesus book. My Bible is the Jesus book. Open it just about anywhere and you will find Jesus. You see, the old covenant, there's a, there's so much, the tabernacle, the, the fall in the garden, the, the covenant that God had with Israel and everything is moving toward the, the new covenant itself that has been ratified by the blood of Jesus established through the cross. And they had, they had understood that the good news, the gospel itself, the Bible itself, it's all about Jesus and Him crucified. Praise God. So we're going to open the Jesus book today as we continue our study on, on, on the, the inheritance of the overcomer. Uh, we began this last week. We're going to continue. We're going to read our foundational uh, uh, verse here out of chapter 21 of the book of Revelation, verse 7. I will read verse 8 as well. It said, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. 
Verse 8 says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, there is a scripture in the New Testament that talks about many of these things that were just mentioned. And it says, And such were some of you. You see, the greatest thing to overcome, the greatest thing to overcome and the greatest inheritance of the overcomer is eternal life. It's having our sins forgiven. Such were some of us. But now you are sanctified. Now you are washed. Now you are justified in the name of Jesus Christ. How can we be washed, sanctified, and justified from all of those accusations against us that the accuser of the brethren, the devil, you know, devil in the Greek is diabolos, which means a maligner. And the Bible says in Revelation 12 now, and now it, it, that he is cast down, this, this diabolos, this devil now is the enemy of our souls, cast down, that accuse them before God day and night. And we don't overcome him or these true accusations. He's a liar and the father of it, but he's not lying about our sins. We were. Amen. Sinners. And we are sinners that have been saved by grace. But we have a new attitude and a new, because of a new atmosphere in our heart. The bent in our heart is not toward sin any longer. It is toward living for God and serving God. That is the great desire of every true child of God. Because we've been born from above. We've been born again. And listen, friend, you're, you're, you have a bent like I had a bent and everyone who ever got saved had a bent towards sinfulness and rebellion against God. But when you come to Jesus, He forgives your sin when you repent and receive Christ. And He makes you a new creation by recreating your heart and giving you a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. Writing His laws upon the tablets of your heart instead of tablets of clay without. Oh, what a Savior. And oh, hallelujah. Well, I'm already talking about Jesus in the Jesus book here today. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And the great and foremost inheritance of the overcomer is eternal life. Amen. The overcomer will be given eternal life and eternal blessings. That means when our sins are forgiven, we have life eternal. We have passed from death to life, from this second death to this eternal life, from this eternal banishment and punishment that's spoken of uh, in, in Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne judgment. We, uh, we get our names written in the Lamb's book of life. And the Bible said from that point forward, our citizenship is in heaven. Our conversation is in heaven in the King James. And literally means we are recorded in the, in the, the, the book of life 
which is recorded the names of the citizens of heaven. While living on earth, our name is written down in, the, in heaven. And we are recorded as citizens of heaven because if we keep our trust in Jesus Christ, and amen, that's where we're going to live forever and ever, age without end. Revelation 2 and verse 7, To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. This is suggestive, dear friend, of an eternal existence comparable to the Garden of Eden. No death, no sin, no heartache. Nothing but the eternal blessings of God. Adam lost both eternal life and eternal blessings when he sinned. Genesis three, twenty-three and 24 says, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden, cherubims, and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life, literally to keep the way to the tree of life. That's why it's so important here to understand that what was lost through Adam has been restored through Christ to those who trust in Him. That's our top shelf most important of all the inheritance of the overcomer is that we now can eat of the tree that adam couldn't touch anymore there's no angel with a flaming sword to keep us out turning every way <laughs> if the angels are doing anything concerning that they are bidding us come on in glory be to god amen see through obeying the gospel and receiving christ as our savior we are granted life eternal that which was lost because of sin is now restored through salvation. You know, the scriptures teach that if, and, and here's the, the, the rationale of this, the logic of this great truth. If by one man's sin, death came, amen, to all men, because of one man's sin, death reigned upon all men. Listen, and Satan gained an advantage. Listen, but through one man's perfect obedience, Jesus Christ, we can now escape that curse of sin and death and enjoy the blessing of eternal life. Revelation 22 and verse 14 said, Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates <laughs> into the city. Hallelujah. When the great Christian scientist, Dr. Uh, Sir Michael Faraday, was dying, some journalists questioned him about his speculations about life after death. He replied, Speculations? I know nothing of speculations. I'm resting on certainties. I know my Redeemer lives, and because He lives, I shall live also. Eternal life. 
To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. In John 10, 27 and 28, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them, verse 28, eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Amen. For the Father which giveth them me, he's greater than them all. Praise God. In First John 5, in verse 11, it says, Then this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life. Now I'm going to tell you the devil is going to try to make you doubt your salvation. He's going to do everything in his power to try to convince you that what Jesus did on the cross is not enough to save you. And you can't do anything to save yourself. So you might have was to give up on God, give up on yourself, make up your mind that there is no hope for you. Quit, quit hoping that some way you could get saved, that your sin could be forgiven. He's the accuser of the brethren. And, and the scripture calls him that in Revelation chapter 12, where it says, Now the accuser of our brethren is cast down that accused them before God day and night. And, and, and the Bible calls him, the devil, calls him a liar and the father of it. He's a murderer from the beginning, for he is a liar and he is the father of all lies. But here is one thing that he did not lie about because it serves him better as an accuser to find fact to bring and truth to bring. And when he st came before God to accuse every person on this planet and particularly those who have come to Christ as their Savior, and have, have had the blood of Jesus applied to their life. You see, Christ supplies the blood through the cross. We apply the blood through repentance and faith in His finished work at Calvary. And we receive Christ as our Savior. And, and the brethren spoken of here are those fellow believers now now, because of the cross and because of Christ, oh, friend, yeah, it's a Jesus book, all right. Amen. That's the name that the, the devil doesn't want to be exalted today. So I'm going to lift him high. Amen. Listen to me carefully. The devil's lie is, lie is that you cannot be saved from that curse of the law. You cannot be saved from the condemnation that sin brings. You cannot escape the judgment because you can't live perfectly. Well, nobody can live perfectly, but we can be perfectly forgiven and we can live our life 
seeking and serving God because a new heart can be placed within us spiritually speaking. Our core of our being, our, it can be changed from the inside out. And when it is, the accuser continues to try to accuse us before God. Remember the story of Job? It will explain the strategy of our enemy. Satan has been cast out of heaven, cast down to the earth. And that's where he took a form and he he tempted Adam and Eve. And that's what brought the curse. And that's what brought the darkness of this world into this world. But through that first Adam's sin, death came upon all men. But through one man's sin, death came. Thereby, through one man's sinless life and sinless sacrifice, sinless blood on the cross, forgiveness and the reestablishment of that relationship that sin had broken down, that fellowship between us and our Creator, us and our God. And I'm so glad that my Creator is also my Savior. I'm so glad that God sent His Son. I'm so glad that Jesus obeyed and went to the cross and rose the third day for our justification. Praise God. Amen. Now is the accuser of our brethren cast down that accuse them before God day and night. In the ancient book, one of the oldest books of the Bible, the book of Job, Angels are ascending and descending. You've probably heard of Jacob's ladder. No other way to, to describe this spiritual event, this corridor between earth and heaven where God is personally involved in His creation because of angelic beings ascending and descending. And as the angels were coming up before God in, 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 in the book of Job, uh, 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 the, the Bible uh, the Bible said that an angel appeared that wasn't supposed, that was actually banned. And God knew this. God knows everything. But He allowed it to happen. He allowed Satan to get past the restrictions and come up before Him. And what did He do when He got there? He asked Him. He said, do you really think? He's accusing. He's accusing a man that God is blessing with His favor. A man called Job. And he, he came before God and he said, he said, you know, you think he loves you? He only likes you at all because of the blessings you've granted on him. If, if, if you, if, and, and there's a hedge around him and, and, and you're just keeping everything you're blessing him with safely. But if you let those barriers down, he will turn on you. Nobody will serve you for nothing. No one will serve you because they love you. They reverence you. It's all about what you give them. And if you'll let me take it from him, if you'll let the hedge down and let me get at him, amen, there's none righteous. And he said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah, but if you let me at him, he'll change all of that. 
And you know something? <laughs> a perfect man God called him. Not perfect in the terms of, of, of not needing salvation or a Savior, but perfect in the sense of, of doing his best to obey God in all the areas of his life. And I want you to know something. <laughs> Amen. The, the, God said, I got confidence in him. I got confidence. He, he may bellyache and he may question, but I I got confidence in him. And and the devil said, well, let me at him. He'll change all of that. He'll curse you. He'll turn on you. Uh, if you let me take from him all these blessings that you have granted him. And, oh, it tells me something else, too, that, that uh, the devil is like a roaring lion, but God's got a leash on him. He is not unlimited in power. He is not unlimited in scope. There are people he can devour, and in the name of Jesus, there are people he cannot devour. Praise God. And God was on top of this thing. Job didn't know. We wouldn't have known when all these calamities came, and he lost everything, including his health, his respect of, of those who thought it must be sin in his life, allowing this to happen. I want to caution you today. When the calamity befalls someone, don't always attribute it to sin in their life. We do have an adversary, the devil. He does walk about as a roaring lion, but God is still in control. Amen. And there's a hedge. When there's a hedge, when there's a wall of righteousness around someone, God has made it clear here in his word that the devil cannot get through it unless God allows it to come down or we compromise and open a door. Amen. <laughs> we used to sing a song in the mission field when we went to Jamaica and when we went to Haiti, shut the door, keep out the devil, shut the door, leave the devil in the night, shut the door. Keep out the devil. Light the candle. Everything's all right. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't give place to the devil, he doesn't, he isn't authorized or able to steal from you. Amen. There is an accuser that accuses you, but there is an element that allows you to overcome. Amen. What, what was that angel doing coming before God? accusing Job because of the blessings of God upon Job's life. Job passed the test. And when it pushed come to shove and his wife said, you've lost everything, everything, and you're afflicted in your body, why don't you just curse God and die? And he said, I know my Redeemer lives. And at the last, he prayed for his friends. <laughs> he prayed for his friends, which had actually accused him as well and forsaken him. <laughs> Amen. And he prayed for them. He repented before God for even questioning him. And he said, I know my Redeemer lives. I don't know what this is all about, but though he slay me, I will serve him. <laughs> but I, one thing I do know, my Redeemer lives, and though the, though the skin worms clean the flesh from my bones, he's going to stand at the last day, and when he does, I'm going to stand up with him. Amen. <laughs> and in my flesh, 
I'm going to see the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's victory. That is absolute victory. Hallelujah. Well, the accuser has never quit accusing. And that's why the book of Revelation 12 said, Now is now the accuser of our brethren is cast down that accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And the, the, here's the devotion part of that. The confession part is the word of our testimony. Amen. The devotion part of that. Amen. Is is they loved not their life unto the death. They were so appreciative of the gift of righteousness and the gift of salvation that they gave their heart and life to God out of love and deep devotion. Praise God. You see the inheritance of the overcomer can only be obtained by overcoming. And we cannot overcome the accusations of the enemy by living a perfect, sinless life. But when we walk in the light as Christ is in the light, the Scriptures teach, that blood has a continual work, not just the initial work of the blood, but it... But it's, there's a continual work. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. It's a continual cleansing in the sense of being able to be forgiven. If we say we have no sin, none at all, not any, that we're completely impeccable. There's nothing the enemy could accuse us for. A sin of omission, a sin of commission. No, no, we're not letting sin reign in us anymore, but it doesn't mean there's not going to be a weak moment when a deed is done or something is said that we need to repent of. And you know the good news is this, because of the continual effect and work of the blood of Jesus in our behalf, hallelujah, if we can say we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth, but if we confess our sin... He is faithful and just. He doesn't sweep it under the carpet as if it never happened. He's justified in forgiving us because what Jesus did at the cross is an ongoing intercessory act on our behalf. And our high priest lives, he ever lives, to make intercession for us. And it's not just that He's praying for us, but He is pointing right back to the foot of the cross where His blood ran down His body as He, as he actually, as He bled out on that cross. Praise God. The mercy seat in heaven spiritually being sprinkled in our behalf. And we have a throne of grace where we obtain mercy and grace to help us in the time of any need. When I need forgiveness, I know I can be forgiven. If I, if I come before the throne of grace, I can obtain mercy because the mercy seat has been sprinkled with the blood 
of Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice in my behalf. Glory to God. I love these now scriptures as part of my inheritance and yours if you're a child of God. Amen. The Apostle Paul in Romans 7 is a man under the law trying to keep the law and he can't, he can't pull it off. He's wore out. He's, he's wrestled with this thing, trying to be sinlessly perfect by keeping every, every detail of the letter of the law. And he, he absolutely failed and failed and failed. He said, when I would do good, evil presents itself. Oh, he said, he said, he said, the will to do it is in me, but how to do it I find not. This conflict between his weak flesh and his will to really, really live that perfect life are coming into distinct conflict with one another. And he finally says, I find a law in my members. The spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. And he could find no answer to this thing except he said, Amen, O wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of sin? How can I ever be delivered from this this tension that's always going to go on because of this law in my members and this war that's occurring? That's why wretched here means literally one worn out from a long battle. It is spiritual battle fatigue. Many people want to give up on God in themselves because they can't conquer this in their life or conquer that in their life. They can't even think in their wildest dreams of being an overcomer over alcoholism or sexual addiction or drug addiction or so many other chains that bind us. You may be in that dilemma the Apostle Paul said, listen, listen, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of sin? Aren't you glad there's not a period there that there's another verse beneath it? It said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Through Jesus Christ. Told you this is a Jesus book here today. Hallelujah. Through Jesus Christ. And the Bible was written in such a way that you go from from uh, chapter to chapter, but this doesn't end. The thought is carried into chapter 8 of Romans. It said, Now, therefore, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. <laughs> For the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. One translation said, from the vicious circle of sin and death. The vicious circle of sin and death is broken right at the foot of the cross. Hallelujah. And today, if you're one of those people that is struggling, and you feel that you could never, ever, ever conceive of being an overcomer, you know what the scripture said? It says, who is he that overcomes the world? This satanic system that Satan 
has influence in that appeals to the weakness of your flesh and mine. Who shall be able to overcome? Who? He that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. And who is he that overcomes? How is that faith expressed? He that believes that Jesus is the Son of God and believes on him, therefore, as our Savior. Today I urge you, don't run from God because of your sin. Don't let the devil tell you you're worthless and you're hopeless. Run to God, repenting of your sins and receive Christ as your Savior. And come out from under the condemnation and the guilt, the slavery of sin. And come into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Amen.